Let's turn in our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 10. I just feel impressed to move right into the Word, right up, right up front. And I have a message for you today that somebody is anointed to help you. Somebody is anointed to help you. Say, somebody is anointed to help me. You need to know that. And the, the, the flow of what I'm going to share will mainly be in the area of finances in that arena, but you could take it and put it in any arena of your life, that somebody is anointed to help you. Hallelujah. The reverse of that is you're a supply and you're anointed to help somebody. But we're not talking about that side right now. We're talking about somebody is anointed to help you. See, God has people that he anoints to help us. Sometimes it's lifetime help, like me hooking up with Dr. Dufresne, Pastor Nancy, I'm a lifer. I'm just hooked up for life. I'm not looking for anything else. You know what I'm saying? And we need to be that way in the local church. When we get planted in the local church, unless God sends us somewhere else, we ought to be lifers there. Our job and our finances and everything, that can all be taken care of locally. We don't have to move somewhere to get something. God puts you in local church, then that church, that ministry, that pastor, and so forth, have what you need. Hallelujah. So we want to talk about it today. I'm going to share some personal experiences that we had in the la- this last summer and, and some things that God did to do some su- supernatural things in my life. Sometimes that anointing gets in my mouth lately and I have a hard time talking. Hallelujah. Look at this with me. Isaiah 10, 27. You know this scripture. I know you know it. It shall come to pass in that day, Isaiah 10, 27, that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Now, we, we know that there could be personal yokes, could be yokes in your family, could be yokes in your ministry, could be yokes in your business. I mean, this is a far-reaching thing here. But what I see in this that's really encouraging to me is that it says, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So that must mean that there is an anointing for every yoke. There's an anointing for every yoke. Whatever, if it's physical, God's anointed somebody to help you there. Amen. If it's financial, he's anointed somebody to help If it's some other area, like spiritually, you have a pastor to feed you, teach you, inspire you, correct you, instruct you, Amen. love you, Amen. rebuke you, everything that's involved in that office. Because all what? To, to get the anointing to you. Because it's the anointing that destroys the oak. <laughs> You still here with me? I'm just getting warmed up. Hang on. You know, it matters who you follow. See, I'm following Dr. Dufresne, and he's a part of this, of course, a big part. But, and it matters uh, what you pay attention to. Now, doc, I was in the meeting last January here at this church. Dr. Dufresne said, you won't be behind in 09. And so uh, we were building uh, our sanctuary larger this 
this year in 09. We were in the part of the latter part of 08 and then on into 09. And I, kept, I began to say, we won't be behind in 09. We won't be behind in 09. We won't be behind in 09. Now, let's go over here a minute to something else I want to show you. Let's go to Timothy, 1 Timothy here. Because I, I think we need to be put in remembrance of something that's going to help us. Because somebody's anointed to help you. Somebody is anointed to help me. I get up every day saying that. I had about three years ago, God gave me that word, and I started teaching my sons that. Started preaching when, you know, when God told me to, that somebody's anointed to help you. I got a pastor, he just got in a building. He'd been looking for a building. And, and I said, somebody's anointed to help you. You just haven't found them yet. And then he found somebody, and then he said, Dad, I want you to come look at the building. And I went down and looked at the building with him, and we talked, and it was the Lord. Somebody was anointed to help him. He was in the city. He just didn't know it yet. You know, you don't even have to know the somebody. I'm going somewhere with this message today. It's going to make a lot of sense in about 20 or 30 minutes. Somebody is anointed to help you. And you start believing that, it'll change the way you get up in the morning. It'll change the way you think about your day. Change the way you go to bed. Knock that worry off. Knock that doubt off. Knock that fear off. Because somebody's anointed to help me. Say it again. Somebody's anointed to help me. <laughs> well, in what area? In every area. I mean, if the Bible says we can be sound spirit, soul, and body, and that would include finances... To put clothes on us and whatever else we need and food in us and all the other, you know, things of life, then, there, then that would take in the whole concept of everything we need, spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Somebody's anointed to help me. <laughs> now look at this in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Look at verse 18 and 19 here. I'm kind of giving a testimony, but I'm going to weave some scriptures in this because this is important for your understanding today. This charge, 1 Timothy 1.18, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy. So here's a father-son relationship. According to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou or you by them, by the prophecies, mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. Well, immediately I can see in this, when Dr. Dufresne said you won't be behind in 09, that was a prophecy given for all of us that were in that meeting. Now, I am a son. I don't know about everybody else that was in that meeting, but I'm a son. And I took that as a prophecy to me, personally. I won't be behind in 09, so I started confessing it. And, and, and as I went started moving through the year, I kept getting behind talk to you about something. Somebody's anointed to help you. But this is the way you're waging that warfare. Pressures came. Thoughts came. I don't live in some utopian bubble. But I do walk with God and that's the same as that if you'll get a hold of it. But there are challenges. There are things that come, circumstances and stuff that try to knock you out of walking the walk with God and walking that faith life that she was talking about from Brother Wigglesworth. Look at that. Holding faith. And part of holding faith would be what? Be saying it. You're not believing anything you're not saying. 
you know, you can't, no. <laughs> you're not believing something you're not saying. Now, I know you can believe in your heart, but you've got to say it with your mouth. That's the cycle. You can't have one component without the other. You know, I, you know, I could go in the back room, they're going to set food before me, whether there's food set before me, but if I won't eat it, it won't help me. So I've got to complete the cycle to get some energy out of it, right? I've got to get it and eat it. Well, part of your holding faith is to say what God has said, and especially these prophecies that God gives us that are ordained of Him, these words that come out of men and women that are anointed and ordained and that we're hooked to that will help us. And I just comment on this quickly. I'm moving ahead, and a good conscience means you're going to live right. Until the thing, it, it, until the rest of your life. But I mean, for the thing to come to pass fully, you're going to have to live right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, let's go to Hebrews here, chapter four. This is getting better. Yeah. Starting to understand me. Somebody's anointed to help me. Say it. Somebody's anointed to help me. I'm going to help you today if you'll let me. <laughs> I'm trying. And whatever else Father has, I'm going to do some preaching, teaching, and then we'll see if the Lord has something by the Holy Ghost to, huh, to minister. Glory be to God. <clears throat> Hebrews 4, verse 1 and 2. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Well, the purpose here and what we're going to read is to enter into his rest. Now, Dr. Dufresne said we won't be behind in 09. I took it as a personal prophecy. Well, you understand what I mean by that, don't you? I was a part of the group. But you could be a part of a group like Pastor said a minute ago and still not get what's going on. But what happened into me? I don't know, but I took a lap. Well, by the time you get to the parking lot, if that's all you remember, you didn't get anything. You just got a little exercise. You got to pay attention. Remember, I... Isn't that right? If you want to be somebody, you want to go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention. Remember that in the movie of something? You don't remember that. Never mind. Let's, let's look at this. said, least uh, there be, uh, therefore, at least a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Well, we don't want to come short of it. We want to enter into it. Verse 2, for unto us, now watch this carefully, for unto us was the gospel preached. Now we're not talking religion here. We're not talking play with it stuff. We're talking the gospel was preached. As well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. See, the key of hearing what we're hearing preached is to mix it with our faith. Part of the way we do that is take it into us, let it go into our heart and permeate us, and part of the way is to speak it back out of your mouth. Amen. And you know, even if you don't believe it when you first say it, if you'll say it long enough, you'll start believing it. Jesus said, a good man out of the good deposit of the heart. I think he said treasure in the King James. That's a bad translation there. I knew what he meant by that, but the Greek word says deposit. He will bring forth good things, but you've got to put it in there first. And when you first hear something and it's new to your thinking and new to all the processes that go along with faith, you don't maybe fully believe it yet. But if you'll stay with it and say it, I won't be behind in 09. Now see, there's still opportunity. I'm talking to you here. 
I won't be behind in 09. I won't be behind in 09. But you're going to have to, they heard the word, they heard the way well, you say, well, that wasn't, well, yeah, no, wait a minute. A prophecy is a part of the gospel. Not, the word, written word is the prophecy spoke of men. Peter says, as holy men of God were moved by the Holy Ghost, but holy men of God are still speaking today. When it's anointed and of the Holy Ghost, that's part of the gospel. Because prophecy, the gift of prophecy, the ministry of the prophet and so forth, and on and on and we could go with that, is part of the gospel, is it not? So you have to mix faith. They heard it, but they didn't mix any faith with it and didn't do them a bit of good. What I'm trying to get over here is talking about hanging on to some things here. Hanging on to some things here. Hallelujah. Okay. Well, I built the building, you know, I began to build the building, build the building I was building, and I had money, and we, it just overran and overran and overran. And by the time I got to June, uh, I, we, 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 now I know, you know, because we caught everything up, I was $80,000 in the hole. Now, I don't know about you. I'm just talking about me. I've been in the ministry 35 years. I'm a 36 year. I'd never been behind in any bill that I couldn't pay and pay it monthly or whatever. You understand what I'm saying? My building isn't paid off. You understand? Hear my heart here. But my credit cards, I pay them on time, pay all my bills off and things like that. And I, this is the first time in my life I'm $80,000 behind. And that pressure, that's getting all over me. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling to get my faith around that. And some other things through the first of the year bugged me about a lot of things, and I just got under some pressure. And I started talking that way for a while, and then the Lord drew me up short and said, you better stop it. You're going to fool with your faith. And besides that, you're, you're not thinking right, and da-da-da. And so here we are. I'm just talking now. I know nobody's going to say amen because everybody could say probably amen to something here. <laughs> And so doctor came, he came by to, to preach in June, I think it was, and, and he said, how's it going? I said, great. He said, I love your building. I said, thanks. And he said, well, how did, did we able to, because he knew I'd borrowed some money to build the building, but then I went into overruns. And I said, well, you know, I owe a, a drywall guy up in Indianapolis, 17000 I owe some other bills. And, uh, and I wasn't crying about it. I wasn't complaining. He asked me how I was going. I just said, well, I got some outstanding things to, I'm believing for. Well, God moved on him in that Sunday morning service. He had 17 envelopes, and he said, I'm going to take the first one for 1,000. I want 16 people to take 1,000. We're going to knock that out. They were running down the aisles. Less than 30 seconds. Now, those, now the people in my church love me, and they love God. So it's evident they had the money, but it wasn't coming. Until that moment because the anointing came and that anointing motivated people and somebody was anointed to help me wipe that out. That portion of it. Hallelujah. You still here? And it just, I mean, within 30 seconds, one of my members was running down the, the trail here saying, please don't give them all away. He's wanting to take a $1,000 thing. I haven't seen that a lot. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 
Now let's go to Isaiah again, chapter 45. I'm, I'm getting into the meat and taters here. So we knocked that thing out, the 17. And the people, I called them, you know, and talked to them and, and, and said, you know, if you give me 90 days without charging me any interest, I'll, I'll take care of it. I didn't know how I was going to take care of it. And, it. and then it came within a couple of weeks and I sent the money. They sent me a letter. They said, nobody's calling us to begin with to talk to us about bills right now, Mr. Jacobs. And then thank you for paying it off in, in advance and said that you give me faith that humanity has some integrity left or something like that. It was a wonderful letter from this uh, company. But now, see, I'm still, I'm still about $60,000 in the hole. Thank God for the 17, but, you know, naturally, I'm thankful, and I'm praising him for that. And somebody's anointed to help me. And I won't be behind in 09. But I still got $60,000 I got to deal with. Now, you might say, well, Pastor, I don't owe 60000 I only owe six or 60 or 600 It doesn't matter. Take to heart the, the principles of what I'm trying to get over to you. And if you're out of debt, praise God for that. But there might be other issues in your life. You need somebody that's anointed to help you. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I went through, uh, well, it wasn't a Starbucks, but it's something like that in my hometown. And I, I was, and I ordered this coffee. I know how much it costs. So I had my money out to pay them time I got around to the drive-thru. And they said, well, two or three cars up took care of you. I don't even know who that was. Somebody's anointed to help me. And I said that out loud. Somebody's anointed to help me. And drank my coffee and then rejoiced in it. Yeah, I want to tell you, you know, be excited about the little things too. Then my wife and I were coming back from Iowa. We were just there with Pastor Nancy and Dr. Dufresne. We stopped in a, a, I think it was a Perkins place. They have good muffins, so we wanted one. She says, the, the owner there said, well, if you get six, I'll give you so many free. I said, I'm not interested in six, really. Thank you. But I just want that one. She wants that one. He said, I'm going to ring it up. One bought, one for free. I said, somebody's anointed to help me. I had the money to pay for it. That's not the issue. But somebody's anointed to help you. My God. Could you believe for a muffin? I mean, wherever you're at in the scope of what I'm hitting on here, take a hold to it. Take a hold to it. My God, take a hold to it. Now, this gets real interesting here because we're getting into this really, some really just, uh, you know, well, I just got to show you. <laughs> Isaiah 45, look at this. This, is, this may be shocking if you didn't know this was in here. Isaiah 45, 1. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held to subdue nations before him. I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two-leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches in secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, mine elect. I have even called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. Here's a man that didn't even know Jehovah. He didn't even know the Father God. He didn't know God. And God said, I'm anointing you for Israel and 
and, and for my elect's sake, how much more if, would he do it for the body of Christ's sake in our day? Somebody doesn't even know God. I mean, don't be surprised when you start believing and walking and more fully in what I'm teaching. I, I know Pastor Nancy teaches great teaching, man. But I'm here to teach on this. Somebody's anointed to help you. Don't be surprised when somebody steps out of the ordinary and does something extraordinary and they don't even know God, but their benefit is towards you. They might not even know they're being used. And if that wasn't enough to get you thinking, look at verse 5. He repeats it. I am the Lord, and there's none else. There is no God besides me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. God can start using people that don't even know him. He will anoint, put his anointing on them for a moment of time or a, a season of time. I don't know everything. I just know he's able to do it. Amen. To help you. I mean, if he'd do it for the Israelis under the old covenant, how much more would he do it for us under this covenant? <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's exactly what began to happen and, and, and some different things here. So here, I'm still sick by August. August comes, August the 9th. And I'm still behind, like I said, about $60,000. August the 9th, I'm pouring a cup of coffee in my kitchen. And I think I'm in my pajamas. I'm not even dressed for church yet. And I'm starting to walk through the kitchen. The Lord said, Michael, I'm catching you up. I put down my coffee. I said, Father, I receive it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're catching me up. You're catching me up. Now, that was a specific Michael, I'm catching you up word. Now you listen, listen to me. And so I went and got dressed and I'm in my car. I only, I only live uh, maybe three, four minutes from my church. So in the car, I said to him, well, now, Lord, you said, Michael, I'm catching you up. Let me, is it for my church too? And what about my sons and daughters? What about other missionaries and people I'm connected to and that are connected to me? He said, they're for everybody that'll take it. Yeah. Tell him I said, I'm going to catch you up. So August the 9th, I stood in the pulpit and I told, re rehearsed to them just what I told you. And I said, God said, he's catching us up. He's catching us up. Say it, he's catching me up. <laughs> he's catching me. Yeah, we got it now. Now it's starting to grab a hold to us. We're grabbing a hold to it too. All right. Then the next... Uh, next Saturday, I, I married my son off to, to my daughter-in-law and had a wonderful time, and the Simons were with me, and so I asked them if they'd stay over on Sunday and preach for me, Pastor Johnny, Pastor Debbie. Pastor uh, Debbie preached Sunday morning, Pastor Johnny preached Sunday night. He got up in the pulpit Sunday night, this is August the 16th, and he began to speak by the Spirit of God, said some other things here, but here's the part I'm going to talk to you about. He says, I was walking back here. I saw like it was leaves being raked. It's easy. I saw dollar bills in this big rake, and he's raking it into the church like raking leaves, like raking leaves. Now I've got three words. I won't be behind in 09. He's catching me up, and there's a big rake coming, raking in the money. No, I'm not money-minded, but I am pay-my-bill-minded. Yeah. 
I am to do what's right-minded. <laughs> I am not give up-minded. <laughs> I mean, God's loading me up now with this. And, and still, I still owe $60,000 or thereabouts. So, <clears throat> here we go. We're coming up on August the 23rd now. Hallelujah. That's the next Sunday. The doctor was there in June, and, and he took up the 17, and then, and then since then we're still working, and God's given me more information here about anointing people I don't know and helping me and the prophecies and hang on to them. He's catching me up. I won't be behind in 09. There's a big rake raking in money. See, I'm not money-minded. I'm ministry-minded, but part of my ministry is to pay my bills. So now I got, you know, Michael, I'm catching you up August the 9th, August the 16th. Pastor Johnny talks and speaks by the word of the Lord to, to me. And then August 23rd comes. That's the next Sunday. Well, I preached, uh, you know, that morning. I've been preaching on being a word and spirit people. All summer long I've talked about the things of the spirit. Right now, just a week ago, I started, what does it mean to really be a word person? But anyway, I was talking about the things of the spirit all summer long being filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues, gifts of the Spirit, and so forth, being spiritual. And so I'm preaching that, and Sunday morning comes, I preach, had a good meeting, went home, went, took a nap, got back up, came to church. Well, my wife was with me. Uh, we usually have separate cars, but we were in the same car, and she said, and I have an office in the back now, and she said, I'm going up to the front office, I'll be back in a minute. Well, she went up to the front office, and she came back, and she handed me a check. And she said, I found, that, I found out that somebody between Sunday morning and Sunday night, now we used to have those metal type doors where there's big slits in them. You could have shoved something through it, but I have a wooden door. I had the whole front of my church redone. And you can't stick anything in there. It's too tight. So somebody left a check in an envelope sticking in my front door of my church. That's what I found out. When I got to church Sunday night, I got the whole story. Somebody left a check sticking in my church door. And anybody could have come by and grabbed it. There wasn't nobody there from the morning service until the night service. But some of the youth came for a choir practice or something early, and a, one of the young ladies found it and slipped it under the office door. And it was just an envelope, white envelope, had this check in, or this a copy of it, and it said there's check inside. My wife was just going to throw it on Donna's desk. That's our secretary. But she felt she read that and said, well, I'm just going to open it and see what it is. Well, she opened it, and then she, she brought it back to me, and... You'd like to read that for us, Michael? $43,600. Wow. $43,600. $43,600. Wait a minute, from somebody doesn't even come to my church. Now let me let me let me give the addendum. They had been two other times, but the only they came was they came and gave money and they never been back. And they weren't there that day. They just stuck the check. I thought, man, I ought to put this with a carrier, you know, with a handcuff on it to give it to the pastor or the church secretary. My gosh. Just stick it in the door like that. $43,600. Well, we danced a little bit. Sunday night crowd, we came unglued, you know. I got some good news. Glory Somebody's anointed to help you. <laughs> and so I said to Donna, that's my secretary, I said, now start paying bills. 
Within two days, I said, anything left? Said, I got 2,000, but we owe Humana. That's an insurance company, 1850. I said, pay him. But furthermore, now that we got Goliath in the dirt, you remember David? You know the story about David and Goliath? And he had five stones in that bag because Goliath had four brothers. I said, I'm gonna, I, I don't know why. What inspired me had to have been the Holy Ghost because I've taken up, doctor took up special offering. Dr. Dufresne came and pastor to celebrate my birthday, which I greatly treasure. But listen to me. But naturally, I take an offering up for my spiritual father. And we did that. My son got married. I had a birthday. People were giving money left and right. Are you listening to me? In the natural, your head. You go, well, where can anything else come from? I know you never think like that. <laughs> Let's all act like we don't know what Pastor Jacobs is talking about so he'll think we're spiritual. <laughs> no, we all have to deal with the same things. We don't have to give in to it, but all temptations are the same, you know. All right, so you know I know that you know I know. Yeah. So I'll be playing around in it, okay? I just want you to know that. So I said to Donna, okay, we spent the 43.6. I, I want you to tell me every bill I have left in this church to pay. Next Sunday, I'm going to take a special offering. Well, my head was giving me fits over that. You can understand as a pastor, I had my son's wedding. People gave to them generously. I had a birthday during August. Dr. Dufresne came during August. Not that we, you see what I'm saying though. All that extra things came out of the same group of people. Other than that, so I said, you tell me how much more we owe, and I want to know by, by, before Sunday. And so, you know, I go on my week Thursday in the middle of the night. God woke me up. He wakes me up a lot at night and talks to me. He said, I want to talk to you about swimming axe heads. I said, yeah, 2 Kings 6. He, and I stayed awake for an hour, and he began to deal with me. You know, because the axe head, he said to me, was important because it was borrowed. And he, began, he said, I want you to get up, not your regular sermon, but during the offering on Sunday morning. On which would have been August uh, 30th, I think. Yep. And, 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 and Donna had said to me, you still owe $13,000 roughly for bills outstanding. Then we're, we're, we're caught up. $13,000. Well, I, I, got, I woke up in the middle of the night. God dealt with me. Best said, during the offering, I want you to talk about floating axe heads that and, and of course people give me a lot of money for my birthday but my son was getting married I passed it along I tithed on it first and then passed and I kept $400 I was going to buy me a suit not a real nice one but <laughs> moving right along uh, and that's all I had left and he said he dealt with me about that he said remember the 400 you got I want you to put it in there that's all you got I've emptied every, and I'm not bragging on me. Don't take it that way. But I mean, I have the church account. I have aviation account. I have Michael Jacobs. I emptied practically every account I had to take care of the church this summer to keep being able to. I'm not bragging. I'm just, I'm committed. Like the Dufresnes are committed. I'm not bragging, just fact. So God said, I want you to get up. I want you to talk about floating. I won't take the time to teach you out of that right now. Second Kings 6, you can look at it yourself. But the reason it was important, it was borrowed. And see, that's what stuck out to me. I, I borrowed money and I owed these vendors for money, outstanding bills over, that went over our budget. All right. So Donna says we owe 13000 So I, and now during, after I received this... this uh, check 
naturally, I wrote this gentleman a thank you. Not a mushy one, but a nice one. Said thank you. I don't know. I haven't seen you in about a year. I don't. You know, he didn't come to my church. Him and his family. I want you to know we had overruns in our building. This took care of a lot of it, and I want you to know I appreciate it. And I put at the bottom, I'm standing on this scripture with you, sir. God will multiply your seed sown. <clears throat> well, I came out for Sunday morning, August the 30th. Now, remember, we got four other giants to take down in the amount of about $13,000. I'm going to give my 400. I get up to talk about axe heads floating. How many know axe heads don't float without the supernatural? So I'm way over in that supernatural now. I'm, you know, my mind is giving me fits. You're going to get up and you're going to tell people you want them to give, and they've been giving all month, all summer. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, just in the natural, you know. So I get over by my wife. She says that the guy's in the back that gave the money. Well, then my head beat me up. The devil tried to beat me up. If I get up and say anything, he's going to think I'm trying to milk him for all he's worth. And I said, no, no, Jesus woke me up Thursday night. And I reminded myself of that and told me what to do. It don't matter who's here, who's not here. <laughs> Somebody's anointed to help you. <laughs> so I get up, and I, this is one of the few times taking an offering that I've ever felt like this. I don't think I've ever felt like that. My insides begin to vibrate. I've had to vibrate for anointing, for healing and deliverance, different things. You know, as you get a more seasoned minister, but never to take an offering. And man, I mean, the power of God shook me. I was sitting in a chair up on the platform before I took that offering up, and I was shaking. I don't know if you could have saw it on the outside, but just like I was vibrating on the inside, something's happening here. I got up and told the people what I just told you. taught it a little more in detail in 2 Kings 6 about the axe heads. And I said, this is my 400. It was already in an envelope. And in the back, I see this guy that gave the original 43. He's waving. I think he's excited about what I'm teaching. I mean, I mean, I think he's pretty, you know, hey, go ahead, preacher, preach it. So I, I, I called for a song and they were going to sing. I came back down on the floor level with my wife when they were singing for a moment. And my son-in-law, he sits over, you know, I'm about over here, and he runs around, and he gives me a check, and it's a check from the guy in the back. He, and the buckets had already went by, and he didn't put it in the bucket. He gave it to an usher who gave it to my son-in-law, and he brought it to me, and, and it was for $12,500. Glory <laughs> 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 to God. He's a visitor, right? basically. It's the third time he's ever been to my church, actually in a service. So I, all I needed was 13. All of a sudden, I'm still standing up here. I got up. I did say something to the congregation. Sing it again. Praise God. Let's worship. <laughs> and, and another lady runs up that's a member of my church, said, I brought a friend today. She's a visitor. And she had a check for $500. That's my 13 plus whatever my church gave, which they gave another six, I think. Now, wait a minute. Listen, you're not, this gets better. It just gets better. So the lady comes out, up with the lady in my church, the visitor lady, and she said, you know, you don't know me, Pastor Jacobs, and said, my mother is 92. She's a Nazarene. She's in a nursing home. She has Alzheimer's. She never recognizes any of us. But I'm the executor of her estate and will. 
I came up from wherever she lived, some other state, and said I was with her this week. And all of a sudden, just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she just doesn't make sense. She doesn't act like she knows us. She looked right at me and said, called her by name, said, make sure you tithe on my money. There's a Nazarene lady who's got Alzheimer's, who's 92, who never makes sense, all of a sudden made sense and told her daughter, and then her daughter's in my church Sunday morning, and she said, that's why I gave 500 of what I owe to the Lord to this church, because God moved on me. So I had two visitors that took care of the 13,000. And then when I got home on my answering machine was the gentleman that was in the back and he, you know, he's wearing a suit. I don't know what he does for a living, but he says, Pastor Jacobs, I don't want to bother you. I said, I felt like saying, bother me all you want. <laughs> he said, but I wanted you to know uh, that I already had my check made out for 12500 when I came to church. Because when I got your letter, the day I got your letter thanking me for the other check, I got a bonus check from my company for $122,000. And I told my wife, we got to take a tithe down to that pastor in Church on the Rock. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Glory to God! Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, I'm in no way bragging on me. I've already told you. I felt, you know, strung out or, you know, attacked mentally. But here, God just sticking on, holding on to those things. And, I, you know, in Second Kings, it says there that when the, when the axe head floated up the top he, top, he took hold to it. He took it. You got to took it. You've got to take this revelation. You've got to work this revelation. You've got to believe that. And it's not about the money, but it's about God anointing somebody to help you. You know, the man hadn't even been back to my church. I, I do want to write him a letter. I'm praying about it because I want to come across right. I'd like him to come because he needs a pastor. If he doesn't have one, I don't know if he has. I don't know anything about him. You know, I met him one time in the foyer. He didn't seem real friendly at the moment. He didn't. I'm just being honest. His wife seemed kind of normal and his kids, but he, he just seemed like, I don't want to. So I don't know, maybe if you got that kind of money, people get the idea that the, you're after them for their money. Or So I'm praying about what to do about that, not because of the money, but because of him. Somebody had enough sense to obey that first check. He didn't know I had that need unless the Holy Ghost told him or his wife. We weren't broadcasting in the community. We didn't take a newspaper ad out and say, help us save, you know, this $80,000 here. Somebody's anointed to help you. Somebody's anointed to help you. There's an anointing for every yoke. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know what I preached or teached or exhorted, but it's all been good. Somebody's anointed to help you. You need to believe that. You need to receive that. Well, pastor, nobody seemed to ever help me. Well, maybe you're not believing for that. Do you ever help anybody? You be a supply. Start, it, start on that end of it if you haven't been. I'm going to be a supply to somebody else. 
I don't mean just money. That could be part of it. But, you know, helping out, doing something, you know, putting your hand to something for somebody else's benefit, somebody else's enrichment, somebody else's blessing. It's always seed time and harvest. It's always giving and receiving. It's always uh, sowing and reaping. Now, I think I might need to say this for somebody's attention here. You know, just to, just to help you see something. I'm not bragging. I tithe every, I've tithed everything in my church since the inception of it, 25 years ago. A tithe on all the regular offerings. I've been tithing directly to Dr. Dufresne for probably, I don't know, five, six, seven years now. Maybe, maybe further back. I don't remember exactly. And I send a tithe. See, see now I'm talking about the giving side of it. Because you're looking at what I just told you happened. I want to make sure you understand this. So I tithe out of my church finances to Dr. Dufresne because he's my supply. We want to say Abraham's blessings are mine. And Abraham took a tithe to the man of God in his day. I call him Mel. I don't care if you call him Melchizedek, Melchizedek, Mel. Just He took the tithe to him. The Levites who were in ministry, they took a tithe to the high priest. So you can figure it out. You know, that was under the old covenant. How much more under the new? Then I tithe out of my aviation account to Dr. Dufresne's aviation account. I'm just throwing out some thoughts for you. Could, could it be that maybe we've done some preliminary things back here for years and years and years and years and years Amen. and believe God to keep doing it? We're not worried about our bills. We're, worried about, we're not worried about anything, but taking care of our man of God is a priority. Amen. Your job is to take care of your woman of God here in this church and make sure the needs are met here and making her a priority. Amen. Then I, tithe, I give out of Michael Jacobs' ministries too. Every, every account I have authority, and I tithe personally in my own, own church at, to, the, to my own church, not because I'm fed there, but as an example to my flock. Because Peter says, be an example to him. So I, I'm going to ask them to tithe and me not. So I tithe personally, I tithe out of the aviation, I tithe all the church finances, and I tithe out of Michael Jacobs' ministries. That's the only things I have authority over. So that's everything. See, sometimes people want the benefits of what I've shared, and you can have it, but let's make sure you're doing some of these preliminary things I'm also indicating to you, not because I'm making me look good. I'm just trying to be obedient to do what God showed me to do. You sow, you reap. You give, you receive. You seed, you harvest. I don't even know that guy. Here God speaks either to him or his wife or both of them. You need to send, get down there and stick that check in the door. That just, I'm shocked. I'm shocked about the amount, but I'm more shocked they just stuck it in the door and left it waving in the breeze, you know. <laughs> if I was going to give somebody a I'd have a, a you know, special sign for thing or something. Or a guy with handcuffs on, here it is. Undo this and you can have it, you know, whatever. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody's anointed to help you. Don't let the amounts throw you into a loop. It's not about the amount. It's about the procedure. It's about the principle that I'm, I'm helping you to see if you want to hear it. And maybe somebody you don't even know, maybe they don't even like you. Hey, 
But they're anointed to help you at that moment in some way, form, or fashion. You won't be behind in 09. And because I'm connected to the Dufresne's, I guess I could legitimately say you could take my prophecy too. He's catching you up. I'm not trying to be a big shot, but I think I could take that because we're all connected. We're family. And God said you could tell other people. So, you know, we got to get a hold of these things and start laying hold on them and not let them go when the pressures come. Am I making sense? (laughs) Somebody's anointed to help me. Say it again, sister. Say it again, congregation. Somebody's anointed to help me. Say it again. Somebody's anointed to help me. Praise God. I like that. 